I'm Jennifer Delacuadri, and this is the Raising Happy Teens podcast, where you learn how to successfully guide your teenager into adulthood without losing your sanity in the process. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. I feel like this episode has been a long time coming. It's one I've been wanting to record for a while, but I just haven't gotten around to it. But I really think it's going to help so many of you, mostly because I know a lot of you have teens who either have ADHD or you have ADHD or someone in your life has ADHD, but there's a lot more awareness around it, which is really great. But in this episode, what I'm going to be talking about is how to support a teenager with ADHD, a teenager in your home specifically. So if your teen has ADHD, this one is going to be for you. So my experience with ADHD is quite varied. As a teacher, I experienced a lot of students who had ADHD. At the time I was teaching elementary school and the symptoms were presenting very differently than they might um, as a teenager. And that's something that I'll talk about in a moment. But when I first started teaching, this was like in 2002, I think. Oh gosh, it was a while ago. But ADHD at that time was basically like those who were hyperactive. And for the most part, it was often seen in boys. And we've learned so much since then, thank goodness. And at the time, I know I had girls in my classroom who were ADHD as well, but they were hyperactive. So they weren't getting these extra extra support systems. They weren't getting identified or getting type like some modifications for their assignments and things like that because we just didn't realize what it was. And so they were compensating and, and figuring it out. So that, my experience working as a teacher, a lot of it was with students who had ADHD. I have, one of my daughters has ADHD and my husband has ADHD. It's interesting because he's not diagnosed, but I don't know, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure he has ADHD. (laughs) I'll just say that he's diagnosed. But the truth is that he, the more I learn about ADHD, the more I realize, oh, oh, that explains it. And for me, it's not a matter of like, it's important for him to know, but it's more just helpful for me so that I can have more compassion for him when he's late or when he forgets things or when he gets so involved in something, he forgets what time it is. It can be so frustrating when you're like, gosh, you know, you're just being insensitive or you're not aware or you're not listening to what I'm saying. But the truth is that his brain doesn't support him being able to do that very easily. And also he works much harder than most people probably do to compensate for these things. And so I have a lot of compassion for people who have ADHD because I see it firsthand in my husband, in my daughter, and in my students. So all that being said, I'm going to be talking about ADHD and specifically in teens and how you can support your teenager who has ADHD or if you suspect that they may, whether they're diagnosed or not. And as I mentioned a little bit ago, there's more awareness around ADHD. And I've noticed that there are more parents coming to me and either they think their teen has ADHD or their teen thinks they have ADHD and maybe the parent doesn't agree with it. It may have a lot to do with social media and TikTok and, you know, the symptoms of ADHD. And you watch a TikTok, you're like, huh, 
that's kind of like me. <laughs> and so some people are maybe self-diagnosing, whether it's right or wrong. There's more awareness around it, which I think is so, so great because it can be really, like I mentioned before, largely misunderstood as being one thing when it is so, so, so many things. But one thing that really remains consistent is that many of the people with ADHD agree that adolescence was the most challenging period in their lives. So take heart. If your teen is struggling with ADHD and, and compensating and the symptoms of ADHD, it does get better and it can get better. But no, it's extra hard for them. They are working extra hard sometimes. They're overcompensating. They're finding systems and they're constantly feeling like they're failing. And so my goal here as a coach, as a podcaster, as an advocate for teenagers is to first help you, give you tools to support the people in your life who need it, the teens in your life who need it, but also to bring some awareness around the fact that just because it looks like they're not trying doesn't necessarily mean that that's true. They just aren't able to necessarily function in the same way as a neurotypical person may be able to. And really the reason why that adolescence can be so much more of a challenge is because as you know, the teenage brain is going under so much development at these time, these years, these years are, it's a lot of developmental change. And teens with ADHD, are they're just really struggling with learning from experience. These reward sub, sub signals that are in their brain that really are in charge of what they pay attention to, what they choose to do, how well they store information, how they overcome temptations, act appropriately, they're all affected in ADHD brains. And teens with ADHD can need stronger or more urgent consequences to motivate them to take the appropriate actions. And one thing that really can happen at this time for teens is that parents and teachers are slowly releasing those supports in adolescence that they've been giving all along and expecting the teens to be more independent. And in a neurotypical teen, you know, they're going to stumble a little. They'll get a consequence here and there, but they'll learn from it. Whereas teens with ADHD, they might make that same mistake two, three, 20 times, which means that they're receiving this consequence or some kind of punishment over and over and over again. And it really impacts their confidence and their self-esteem. And that's why parenting a teenager with ADHD needs to be approached differently. And it is hard. That's why I'm going to share with you some things that can help you along the way. I'll be sharing eight things that you can try and implement in your life and in your home and with your teen to help support them along the way. Number one is to help your teenager find activities and topics that they find highly engaging and rewarding. And at this time, really the limbic system of the brain, which is the emotional center of the brain, it's ruling their behavior. And those with ADHD, they're going to engage best in tasks that are just naturally interesting for them and enjoyable to them. So step one would be to help them find 
healthy and productive, maybe educational, extracurricular areas to really encourage them to engage with enthusiasm naturally, have that motivation to do something that they enjoy, help them find something that they love to do, they're motivated to do, and that they can have time to do. Number two is to help your teens spend more time in supportive environments. And that can kind of go along with number one, because if you're finding, say, an extracurricular activity that is highly engaging for your teen, and then they're also around other people who are interested in that, they're highly engaged, they're more likely to focus and stay on top of things more than they would in something that they don't really care about, then they'll get less negative feedback when they're in those environments. So to find places for them to go, because they'll really thrive there in these situations and around the people who are going to really value their unique strengths and their abilities, whether it be clubs, classes, a job, like I said, extracurricular activities that really value the skills that your teen struggles with can be lower on the totem pole. And that's not always easy, though I know you can't really avoid some of those environments, especially in the school setting. But remember that those good fitting environments will increase their self-esteem and help them develop good skills and grow personally and give them more opportunities to succeed. Whereas those poor fitting environments, they can lead to more demoralization, reduced effort and task avoidance. So making it a little more balanced. They may be spending some required time doing the things that are hard for them, but finding environments that can balance out that negative with more of a positive feel. Number three is to help them with friendships. The research has shown that about half of adolescents with ADHD have serious problems with peer relationships, and they tend to have fewer reciprocal friendships. They're more likely to be ignored, ignored or rejected by their peers, and they also are more likely to be the victim of bullying, or they may bully others. And a lot of that may be due to impaired social and communication skills. They may not be able to listen well to friends, or maybe they don't pick up on important social cues, or they may be impulsive or intrude on certain situations. And how you can help is by knowing who your teen is spending time with and try to encourage them to discuss friendship and relationship challenges that they're having with you or someone else. Many of the teens I work with in my coaching practice have ADHD or are neurotypical. And for them to be able to just share what they're struggling with in social situations to somebody who is not involved and who can help them either process it or see it in a different light can really help reduce their stress levels and the challenges that they're having socially. And again, import, encourage them to engage in social interactions, extra, extracurricular activities that are going to help them connect with other people who have shared interests. Number four is to help them learn to regulate their emotions. And you know, the teen years, there's, there's a roller coaster going on for all of those teens. But those who have ADHD, they're more prone to poor emotion regulation. And that can really result in bigger highs and lower lows. And their impulsivity can make it 
especially difficult for them to deal with frustration and it can be really tough on them and even those around them. I'm sure if your teen has difficulty with emotional regulation, it can be really challenging to be around them when they're in a high, high or a low, low. So what you can do is to help them practice strategies and develop coping tools to help them regulate their nervous system when they're feeling out of sorts or when they're on an emotional roller coaster. A lot of the teens I work with are really, really open to mindfulness and meditation, but in a way that feels achievable to them. So some of them don't feel great sitting still and breathing for 10 minutes. For those teens, what I typically recommend is that they do a moving meditation or they engage in an activity that gets them lost and in the flow of things that will help them stay regulated on more of a regular basis. And when they can do that, when they're triggered or when something happens where they may have an emotional response, it may not be as severe. And if they're really having trouble with volatility, I recommend looking into therapy. CBT can really be effective for helping them with anger management and dealing with big, heavy emotions. Number five is to create and establish fair and consistent consequences for irresponsible behavior. I know a lot of parents feel like the teen, their teen who has ADHD just doesn't respond to consequences. And this is partly correct, but teenagers with ADHD, they don't respond to consequences in the same way as their peers. And the research has shown that people who have ADHD, they just take longer to learn cause and effect relationships, but the, eventually they do learn them. And the catalyst there is if things are predictable. So something you can do at home is to set appropriate consequences for when your teen fails to meet fair expectations. And when I say consequences, there's two really important aspects of that. Number one is to make sure the consequence is clear and set ahead of time. And number two is that you're consistent with it. So what I always recommend is to talk with your teen about expectations and allow their input for the consequences. Instead of saying, here's my expectation, here's the consequence, discuss, here's my expectation, here's why, what are your thoughts? Okay, so if thing go, things go awry and you break the rule or if you don't follow through, let's discuss consequences that we can agree on. And when you sit down and talk with them in advance, that will give them something to know. It's like a wall to hold them accountable to. If they do get the consequence, sure, they may not be happy about it, but it's not a surprise. And teens with ADHD don't thrive on surprise. They like predictability. It's better for them to regulate their nervous system and to be prepared for what's to come. And stick with the plan that you created with them. Stay consistent with it so that they can know that they can depend on you, even when it's something that they're not thrilled about. And along those same lines of consistency, number six is to stay consistent with routines at home because people with ADHD, they struggle, like I mentioned, with self-regulation, especially in unstructured environments. 
they are more likely to thrive when their structure and just really built in rewards for staying on task and following through. So if you have a home routine that's as, as consistent as possible, that's really going to support your teenager. And having this routine, it can also give you an opportunity to build in incentives strategically. So for example, something that's more of a higher interest task, like screen time or hanging out with friends should be placed immediately after tasks, tasks like homework or chores, because that reward, that immediate reward, it's six, it's stimulates that limbic system and it feels especially good and rewarding, especially for somebody with ADHD. So if your teenager is on task, does their homework, immediately they get the reward of whatever it is that you had created and structured in advance. And number seven, because adolescents with ADHD are struggling so much more with these things that everybody struggles with in that age, but at a higher level, is to really help them build their self-confidence. Because those adolescents, those teens who have ADHD, they usually have lower self-esteem than their peers. It's just due to years of mistake-making, frustration from parents, social struggles, underachievement in school, activities, feeling like they're behind. It can create these thoughts like there's something wrong with me or I'm not as good as these other kids. So what you can do is actively build your teen's self-confidence. Self-esteem grows when we feel good at things. So help them develop skills in areas where they show interest and natural abilities. Give them special responsibilities that interest them at home, like cooking the dinner, if they may be interested in that, redecorating their room, spending time shopping with friends, <laughs> or giving them a, an outing to do. Give them some chore to do away if they're driving. Hey, can you go pick this up from the store? It gives them this autonomy, which can help them feel more confident. And like I mentioned before, give, make it something that's interesting to them if it's this special responsibility. And be sure to notice when they're doing these things well or better than usual, just always pay special attention to those successes in a way that will affirm your teen's worth and their strengths. And what I like to imagine is to create an environment where your teen hears at least as many positive messages about themselves as negative, if not more positive than negative. Because so many teens, especially those with ADHD, are constantly hearing negative messages. You forgot this. You're falling behind. Where's your homework? You always forget things. You always lose things. It's so important to balance that out, that experience out with, I'm so proud of you. You're working so hard. This is, you know, you're going above and beyond. All of those positive things, point them out and notice them regularly. And number eight, something that could be helpful is to have a regular meeting with your team. And so what we, basically what you're doing is you're kind of talking about these things that I've been mentioning all along. Get together in just a short meeting, just a quick touch base to talk about successes, challenges, and how you can support your team. 
I know on Sunday nights, one of the things I do when we're sitting at dinner is I ask my girls, what's coming up for this week? How can I support you? So that they know, I mean, even if they don't know on top of their head what's coming up and what specifically they need support with, it sends this message like, hey, I know you're working hard. And it gives them the opportunity to share or remember in the future, oh yeah, mom mentioned this, that she could support me. Maybe I will ask her to support me on this. And also really important to recognize that if you see your teen struggling with something, have compassion and just acknowledge and validate whatever's coming up for them. Sometimes our teens really can't do what they know they should be able to do. And it's so maddening and frustrating for them. And the most important piece of supporting your teen is not to see them where you want them to be, but where they are. Meet them where they are and then raise the bar from there. Let them try some different things, chores, homework, without offering support. And if you're noticing that they can do it independently about 80% of the time with whatever systems they use, then they can do it on their own. It's like a slow release. So if you're noticing that your once happy-go-lucky teenager has lost their spark, I can help. I've worked with hundreds of teenagers, helping them feel more confident and just more prepared for adulthood in my one-on-one coaching practice. Click the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary consultation and see if coaching is right for your family. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time. If you liked this episode, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at jennifer.delacuadri, where you'll find more tips, inspiration, and connection to help you navigate this unique and sometimes challenging season of parenthood. I'll see you there.